Good morning, everybody. I'd like to introduce you to Brandon Williams. Brandon, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes, he is. In obedience to him, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism, raised with him to a brand new life. Church, I want y'all to stand with us and worship. There's God and there's everything else. And this universe was created. Everything that has ever existed was created by a single thought from an omnipotent, all-powerful God who's called us out of the darkness, out of the wilderness of sin. And he is worthy of adoration and praise. And I search the world.
God's people said. Amen, amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Well, when you entered, you should have received the elements for the Lord's Supper. If you did not receive them, would you lift your hand high? Would you lift your hand high if you do not have the elements? And while they're going around, would you go ahead and open the bottom of that that will have the wafer in it and then open the top also for the juice? On third Sunday, we celebrate together congregational communion. And uh, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've accepted Him, we invite you to participate because it's your celebration too. In John chapter 6, verse 56, Jesus said, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And I thought about what is eating? Well, it's essential for life. It's responding to a felt need. It's an act of appropriation. The nourishment which was previously without me is taken inside, assimilated, and becomes a part of me. Jesus said, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. But my thought this morning is that eating is an intensely personal act. It's something which no one else can do for me. I must myself eat. Standing by and watching others eat will not satisfy or supply my needs. No one can believe in Jesus for you. You must believe for yourself. If you would take the bread... This bread represents the body of Jesus Christ broken for your deliverance from sin, from bondage, from disease. Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. This juice represents the blood of Christ, that of a spotless lamb free from the stain of sin, poured out freely as the just payment for sin of the world, your sin and my sin. Take, eat, drink. This is my body. This is my blood shed for you. For For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you testify of the sufficiency of Christ, His death, His burial, and His resurrection for eternal life. His words are spirit and they are life. If there's you on the end of your aisle, if you'll see a receptacle there that you can take and pass it down your row for the waste products, please. Let us continue in worship. kids in here and I know y'all know this one. Let's sing it loud. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide all this weary soul. This bag of bones. I try with all my might. I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly lifting. Like a vagabond 
In the sweet times, great is thy faithfulness. In times of immense joy, great is thy faithfulness. But in times of grief or loss, great is thy faithfulness. When you wake up in the morning in excruciating pain, great is thy faithfulness. In times of sickness, great is thy faithfulness, O God. In times of chaos, great is thy faithfulness, O God. This is from Limitations 3. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait on him. God, we thank you that your mercies are new every day. We praise you. You are so good. God, through all things, you are our portion. And Lord, we wait on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. morning church this is your first time visiting with us in person or online welcome we're so glad that you've decided to worship with us today at new covenant church we invite all people in the communities where we live to know hear and respond to jesus christ you can learn more about ncc become part of our church family or join our volunteer team by going through our connect class online or attending one of the upcoming in-person classes if you would like to bless what god is doing through the ministries at ncc with your tithes and offerings you can use the offering boxes or give online at newcovenantlandpasses.com. If you have any questions about what's going on at NCC or want more information on how to get connected, please stop by the hub desk after the service. Again, we are so glad you're here with us this morning. Now let's open and prepare our hearts for the word. Good morning. Thank you all for being here this morning, getting out in that cool weather. It's great to see everybody. Uh, if you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, two quick announcements. Giving reports have been mailed out or emailed out, so you should be receiving those. If you do not, please contact the church office and let us know, and we'll get you taken care of. Um, secondly, Serve Team Summit is tonight. Hopefully you have already registered or you've heard about it. It is from 6 to 7.30. It's for anybody that is currently serving or if you have interest in potentially serving, we would love to see you tonight. Uh, again, from 6 to 7.30, we'll have a time of fellowship uh, with some appetizers and finger foods. And then Pastor Chris will be get doing some vision casting as a large group. Then we'll break out into our individual ministries in which we serve for some more time of team building and training. So, again, there's a QR code on the back of the flyers at the Hub. You can... Sign up that way. We'd love to see who's coming. If not, please still attend. Love to see you all tonight. Let me open us up in prayer. God, we are just so grateful to be here worshiping you this morning. You're just so good. And I'm just so thankful for your faithfulness. I pray your spirit fills this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So when God put a calling on my heart and my life for ministry, it took me a little bit, but I responded. 
But I did let God know, hey, I'm not a fan of public speaking, and I will never be sharing on a Sunday morning. Other than that, I'm all in. So uh, I'm here to share with you all this morning as uh, we continue the series on redemption. In all seriousness, I am extremely grateful and humbled for the opportunity to be here because it's only through redemption that I am. Let's dive into it. Redemption is to secure the release or recovery of persons or things by the payment of a price. Ransom, atonement, substitution, and deliverance, resulting in salvation. Redemption refers ultimately to the saving work of Christ who came to accomplish our redemption by giving his life life in substitution for our own as a ransom price for our sin. And let's lean into our sin a little this morning. Biblically, well, let me say this. So to begin to understand and grasp the concept of redemption, we first have to be honest about our sins in the broken world we live in. Biblically, sin is any action, thought, or behavior that goes against the will and command of God. Even a simpler way to look at it would be anything done apart from God is sin. And I believe we've become somewhat numb to sin in our lives today. And I don't think it's necessarily that we've made an intentional choice. But I think it's really rather due to the fact that everything that is pushed on us or that we're exposed to from the world opens us up to the lies of the enemy and pushes us further away from God's truth. Music, TV, social media, everything is under a filter. We can make ourselves happy. We can give our own purpose to our life, and we can all have our own truth. The underlying message with it all is that sin is really okay, and it's socially acceptable. And that influence has led us to sometimes only classify the billboard sin as destructive, being an alcoholic, being a drug addict, sexual immorality. That one's even getting a little blurred at this point. But sin is deceptive, and some sins are rooted so deeply in us that they go easily unrecognized. Selfishness, pride, anger, control, jealousy, those are just some examples of sin that we brush over very quickly when we evaluate our hearts and our lives. Never realizing that those more subtle sins are destroying us just the same, and they're poisoning our hearts. 1 John 1.8 says, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. The reality is, if we don't admit that our lives are messy and that we have sin in our lives, we see no need for redemption or being restored. Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, For everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So real talk, life is messy, my life is messy, y'all's lives are messy, all of our lives are messy. And we've become comfortable going about our daily lives and relationships, even showing up on Sundays pretending that we don't face troubles or struggles or have sin in our lives. And I've lived that out in my life. See, I grew up in church, I believed in God, and I accepted Christ at an early age, and I believed that Jesus saved me from my sin. But at that point in life, I didn't grasp sin. 
or the fullness or gravity weight of it. It really just boiled down to, let's be honest, heaven sounded like a way better option than hell. And as many of us have, I went on living my life with no thought of a relationship with God, much less choosing to live fully surrendered to him. And life goes on and we get more life under our belt and then sin happens. And there's some sin that we choose and then there's some sin that happens to us or is inflicted upon us. And sin not only causes pain in our lives, but can cause pain and create damage in the lives of others. And we may not even play a part in the sin or pain caused to us, but we are responsible for how we respond to the sinful choices we make as a result. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit this morning with some of my personal story. And uh, it seemed like a much better idea before I was standing up here. Uh, but I'm going to be real, honest, and authentic. And we're going to get to know each other a lot better, or at least y'all are going to get to know me a lot better. But uh, see, my first major experience with sin was when I was a kid, and I was molested. And that was sin that happened to me. And I'm just going to stop right there and say that if you've ever been a victim of abuse, it's never your fault. Never. But if our response to the abuse was to act out sexually, reject God, look for purpose or an identity in relationships or people, we are responsible for any sinful choices we make from that situation. I was exposed to porn by a friend at a real early age. Again, that was sin that happened to me. And I honestly think that pornography is potentially one of the most destructive sins to our hearts. And it starts to secretly and slowly cause spiritual rot. My response to that sin that happened to me resulted in me looking for fleeting satisfaction and fulfillment in pornography. And always being about my pleasure, me being accepted, me being valued, me being in control. And lust and porn would continue to control my heart and my life for many, many years. And that secret sin would lead me down some of the most painful, dark roads. Not only causing destruction in my own life, but causing pain and damage in the life of others. That was my choice. I placed my identity, worth, and purpose in worldly success and the approval of others. Again, my choice. And see, pain and chaos are some consequences of sin. We can choose the sin, but we have absolutely no control over the consequences. And we may even try to lessen the pain or damage of sin in our lives with more sinful choices. An example would be shame and guilt for me. An attempt to lessen the shame and guilt and the pain and chaos in my life, I turned to drinking, which then later turned to smoking weed. And it was all in an attempt to escape and numb the shame and guilt and the secret sin in my life. Again, my choice. To compound the pain and damage of sin, we make potentially a catastrophic decision in our lives. We start to carry it in secrecy and suffering alone. 
And I spent a good portion of my life living in secret sin and trying to manage the chaos that comes from that kind of heart and life. Constantly fearful that somebody's going to find out just how messy my heart and my life really was. And the reality was I was living in the cycle of choosing sin, layering on shame and guilt, trying to hide from God, numbing myself in the brokenness until I choose sin again. And it was over and over and over. And the enemy wants to keep us in that pattern of suffering and covering, carrying secret sin, our lives filled with hopelessness, all while separating us from a relationship with God. And see, we have a choice to make. We can choose to give our life to addiction and immorality, pornography, fleeting pleasures, ways of the world. What are the consequences of that life look like in the end? I can tell you. It's a life of being unengaged, numb, isolated, depressed, secretly suffering, continual poor selfish decisions, heavy burdens, and losing battles. Hopeless, lost, void of peace and purpose, completely separated from relationship and the presence of God. We become so fearful of our sin and brokenness being exposed that we choose to suffer alone in silence and we'll tell ourselves lies and excuses and justifications for the sin in our lives. And we even program ourselves to build this outward facade that shelters our messy and sinful hearts, attempting to deny the whole time that we even have a sin problem. John 3.20 says, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. We find ourselves hiding, carrying heavy burdens, living with secret sin and suffering alone, even showing up on Sunday mornings and giving the pre-programmed response. And you all know, how's life? Life is good. How are y'all doing? Doing great. But the reality was completely different. I was anything but great. I was broken. I was lost. And I was completely exhausted trying to manage my sinful, messy life on my own. And I rode that pattern all the way down to rock bottom while attending church. I was the most broken that I'd ever been in my life. And I was having to face the consequences of my past and sins that I had chosen head on. But I still had a choice to make. I could keep trying to manage my own life and my sin since that had worked out so well for me. Or I could admit that I'm powerless to manage my life and my sin. And I could believe in and trust God and fully surrender my heart to him. And accept the gift of redemption and restoration that he so graciously offers us all through Jesus Christ. The morning I decided to fully surrender my heart and life to God, I was actually watching Pastor Daryl online preach about God's agape love. And there are sermons I believe that relate to you or that move you a little, but I also believe that there are words spoken that are from God. And through the Holy Spirit, they carry a completely different type of power and impact in our lives. 
And I felt the Holy Spirit in the presence of God that morning like I had never experienced as Pastor Daryl spoke of God's love for us. Unprovoked, unexpected, unearned, unrestrained, and unrestricted. I lost it. I fell to my knees. I had every hair on the back of my neck and my arms were standing up. I could literally feel God's spirit all around me, with me on the floor, as I fully surrendered it all and decided to wholeheartedly trust him with my life. I confessed my sins, I repented, and I accepted my new life in Christ. Everything changed. I felt overwhelming love, acceptance, worth, purpose, and a true identity as a child of God. I was no longer defined or bound by my past. There was also a word shared that Sunday. And it's, it was, my beloved, I am with you and you are mine. My arms are around you and you are loved. Nothing you have done will ever keep me from loving you. But you must reach out and accept my love. Finally, the love I'd been searching for, God gave it to me, and I just had to accept it. I felt all the shame and guilt, all the embarrassment, all the burdens that I'd been carrying, they all fell away. And not only did I feel the heart change, but the Holy Spirit revealed the gospel to me like I had never understood it before. And it was about intimacy. We find ourselves embarrassed, full of shame about our past or sins we choose, but at our core, we want to be known. In our brokenness, darkness, sufferings, shortcomings, and failures. And not only to be known, but to be accepted and loved at that very point. And I saw in that moment that I was way worse than I ever thought I was. Yet God loved me so much that he claimed and accepted me at my absolute worst. I saw the sin and brokenness in my life for what it was. And in that moment, I had the most personal, intimate revelation of why Jesus Christ went to the cross for me. Romans 5, 8 8 through 11, Paul says, but God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ had made us friends of God. And yet the enemy will still try to lie to us. And he'll still try to make us fear rejection from man and God. I mean, how many people have ever had the thought, how could God forgive me for everything I've done? I can't confess what I've done or talk about my struggles. Nobody will look at me the same. I can't confess my sinner struggles. Nobody understands what I'm going through. 
can't confess my sinner struggles. I mean, come on, we live in a small town. Spoiler alert, God already knows. So who are we really fearing? Man, or are we fearing God? Church, our messy lives don't make us less of a Christian or discredit us or exclude us from being used by God. But through surrendering our messy lives to Christ, it makes us more qualified and more usable. He loves using messy people to minister and witness to messy people. Another way to say it is God loves using our mess to turn it into his message. See, God's forgiven me. He's cleansed me, and he's put a calling on my heart and for my life. And he made it very clear to me that I was to live being authentic, vulnerable, honest, and sharing his redemption story of my life. And as some of us have at some point, I told God, "Mm -mm, I don't think so. And he continued to just put the conviction on my heart to share. And I continued to tell him, "Mm -mm, I don't want to. And then he made it very clear that it wasn't about me. or me being uncomfortable in sharing. But it was about sharing his love, his grace, his gift of forgiveness and redemption in my life. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Romans 8, 1 and 2. In the Bible, God tells us where freedom and new life can be found. Anyone who is hurting or tired has given up hoping for change or wants to identify and remove obstacles to have deeper fellowship with God is invited to come as you are and find healing in Jesus. So what does that look like in our lives? I think we can break it down into three main points. First one is admit. We have to admit we are powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns. That in our own power, our lives are completely unmanageable. Believe. We come to believe that God is the one who sent his son to take our sin, our death, and offer us redemption and eternal life. And lastly, trust. We decide to trust God with our lives and wills by accepting his grace through Jesus Christ. And God assures us that while our relationship with him is personal, It's not intended to be completely private. How can we speak the truth to one another in love and not lie to one another if we don't speak honestly about our sin and where the redemption and restoration comes from? John 5.16, James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. If no one knows our weaknesses, temptations, or sins, we're in danger. And if no believer hears our confession, then we remain alone. Exposed to the lies of the enemy, in bondage, and isolated. Let me be the first to step out, church. I'm Jeff, and I have a new life in Christ. And I have been redeemed and freed from a life of pride, lust, porn addiction, Shame and guilt. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son's son, cleanses us from all sin. Are you walking in the light? Who knows your intimate temptations and sins? No matter how broken, lost, or too far gone we feel, God's always offering redemption, and it's always within reach. We are all offered a new life in Christ. Let us walk in the freedom that comes from being authentic in our brokenness while accepting the redeeming grace and love of God. Because he loves us so much, regardless of all our mess, he wants us to know and live with him in relationship, redeemed in his perfect love and grace. I'd like to invite the ministry team up. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you've fallen into the pattern of just grinding through life, dealing with failures, pain, brokenness, hidden sin, exhausted from trying to manage it on your own, it's time to let it go. Surrender the cluttered, messy heart and accept the gift of redemption and start living in the freedom and purpose of a new life in Christ you've never accepted and surrendered your life to Christ and you've been searching in the ways of the world for hope, love, acceptance, purpose and you're at the end of the rope surrender your heart and life to Jesus Christ this morning lay all the burdens down at the feet of Jesus maybe you're in a good place and you have a good relationship with God and I just say, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any idols that you still might be carrying on your heart. But if you're feeling the nudge from the Holy Spirit, respond. Where you are, at the altar, or with someone on the ministry team. Admit your life is messy. Confess your sins, struggles, brokenness. And receive the gift of redemption and restoration. The altar is open.
Baby, I'm your guts and mistakes Call it down, there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling Bring your sorrows and trail them for joy From the ashes, a new life is love Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood
I'm caught up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment No, I never would body of believers that is authentic and vulnerable in relationship with one another. Let's make the decision today that we're done suffering alone, dealing with sin in our messy lives. Let's walk in the freedom, hope, purpose, and peace of a redeemed life. Heavenly Father, you are just so good. Just thank you for the love and grace that you extend to us daily. I pray for authenticity and boldness for this body, that we can take our mess and let you turn it into your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ministry team will be available if you want prayer. The altar is still open. Thank you all for being here.